Welcome in. It's the Jock Market edition of the NFL Strategy Show. We're going to get you ready for everything over the weekend. No more Thursday night football, but don't worry. Eric Lindquist is in the house. Myself, Tyler's producing. There's only one jock in this market, and that would be Eric Lindquist. That's very, that's uh, extremely kind. I mean, I do play golf. You know, I was a Division One yes. golfer, if that counts for such a thing. Uh, well, that's what yeah. I was referring to. Go Iowa State. State. Yeah, I was going to say, there's that. No, you know, is this your chess days? Or basketball? We're not referencing you in the debate club in high school, sir. Division One no. golfer. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you know, no big deal. Yeah, playing some USG events. Yeah, just, you know, uh, what's the equivalent of tickling the ivories? I'm uh, rolling the flat stick. That's a stupid way of putting it. I don't like that. That makes sense. Uh, it's it's flat stick is a old term. You don't really hear for the putter anymore. So mm-hmm. I, 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 it to needs you. to come back. It needs to come back. <laughs> yes. OK, look, I'm telling you, if there are all the things you could trade life for, like, Man, you always have these arguments, right? Like, oh, if you could do one thing, you know, dunk from the free throw line or, you know, be an NHL goalie or, you know, whatever the equivalent quarterback, I would trade everything, everything to just shoot even par every single time I'm out there. I would never, ever, ever get bored of it. I promise you. I would never take it for granted. I promise you. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I definitely don't take golf for granted. I mean, I play less now and, you know, there's days where you go out and you can (laughs) shoot 64 blindfolded and there's days you go out and you shoot 78 trying as hard as you humanly possibly can to get the little thing in the ball. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's terrible. You are such an elitist when it comes to I the am. sport. I'm, I'm a sicko. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, meanwhile, we're all like, I'd kill for 78, Eric. Yeah. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks. Literally different strokes. <laughs> exactly. How are you, man? You ready to jump into this slate yeah. here? No Let's Thursday do it. I was going to say it's... Yeah. It's a nice 14 gamer. No Thursday, Thursday night. We don't have the intro for that. We basically get to go full bore into this main slate. I'm pretty excited. Well, I'm curious right away because when we have our own projections, and again, you should be on this every single time you're playing jock market. We have our own projections as part of the Osmo Plus package here. So you want to make sure you are using what Alex and Osmo have on site with what someone like Eric here in our show is breaking down combined with what you actually have on jock market. So a little bit of work, but it's going to pay out exponentially at the end. Cooper Cup, no shock there. Josh Allen, we've seen him up there. Devontae has moved up, rightfully so. Patrick Mahomes, all of these names have been there except for one, right? It's like the old Sesame Street bit, right? One of them is not <laughs> like the other, and that's Antonio Brown. Now, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to ignore that Antonio Brown has thrust himself all the way up nearly to the top here. Fair IPO value, just over $10. We have him projected pretty high as well, but... Any thoughts on getting to AB on Sunday? Yeah, you want to do it. Um, we're looking at a raw projection, and again, it, it falls in line more with FanDuel scoring here. So uh, we're looking at this, you know, being something where I just don't know how you possibly get away from from wanting to invest in Antonio Brown in DFS purposes and for this. I mean, there's just such a rapport that's been there immediately between him and Tom Brady. And you can say what you want about Antonio Brown, whatever else. We're here to talk football and. As long as we are, he's probably the most undervalued player. I would be surprised, you know, on jock market, maybe people where it's a little bit sharper have the ability to to recognize how big of a smash he is here in this spot. But for the most part, uh, just looking at the the projections for it, I still find it kind of questionable whether or not he'll end up being like legitimately the third highest guy uh, in terms of what that value is going to be uh, leading into this spot. I mean, $10. 
I would be surprised if you got up to a $10 tag. So I think no matter what, you probably have some sort of value to mine out of it. But as you said, one of them's not like the other. He hasn't been around for a while, but he hit the ground running. Uh, Bruce Arians is a damn dirty liar. So don't listen to anything about snap count or whatever else. Just play Antonio Brown at DFS. Definitely collect money on jock market if he's going to be sub $10. The one thing that separates clearly jock market, we talk about this all the time, Eric, is the fact that nothing stops. Nothing is locked in. It's mm-hmm. an ever-breathing organism, right, throughout the game. I, I wonder, you know, look, there's a pretty good opportunity, I think, in this game where Antonio Brown could have two touchdowns in the first half. The, pa- the, the Patriots, the Buccaneers are up. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you see, all of a sudden it's, wait a second, maybe I need to get rid, maybe, right? That seems to be a pretty plausible in-game play of you getting to a lot of shares of Antonio Brown. Maybe, I don't know if there's a way to sell high knowing that the Bucks game plan is going to change drastically in the second half if they're up by double-digit points against the measly little Jets. Yeah, but you know, there's there's definitely yeah, there's really no concern for Tom Brady or him in this spot. By the way, it's PPR that we're looking at here on Jock Market. Um, so it falls dead in line with DraftKings scoring, which is even better for a guy like Antonio Brown. Uh, just gonna get peppered with targets here. It's just no way around it. Um, he's he's just a smash. So is Tom Brady. You know, they get up in these games, and now you lose Leonard Fournette out there too. Yep. I mean, if you want to double him, uh, double down and get some Ronald Jones, like he's just not going to have a lot of the reception volume. You know, you you talk about vulturing touchdowns. Well, there's going to be four or five of them to go around more than likely here in this spot. Uh, I think you just kind of invest in Tampa Bay. Those three main core guys. Don't worry about any of the ancillary pieces. You know, even Gronk, somebody that I don't probably want to be getting to uh, just because, I mean, in DFS, I'll probably get to him because you, get, you just got done burning everybody. But on jock market, I think we can do a little bit better than trying to invest in Gronk. So Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, Tom Brady, just invest in that trio and move with your day. There's another guy that I, I want to get thoughts on from you, because when we look at projections, he's actually the third highest projected guy. But this is where the value doesn't match everybody else that's that high projected. In fact, it's better. So if you just look at the bang for your buck, right, our projections versus what the fair value is for Jonathan Taylor. Now, a lot of this is factoring in with Carson Wentz. It's still at a six and a half point line, which lends me to believe, Eric, that the books are baking in the belief that Carson Wentz is going to play since the Colts are laying so many points here. I know he has to come back and pass that test. The new rule allows him to, but I mean, my goodness, $7.61 for right now a guy who has every bit of claim, I don't care what the odds say, every bit of claim to the MVP as Aaron Rodgers, that seems a little off maybe in our favor. Yeah, I, I don't completely hate that. I mean, for me, it just comes down to what his fair value is at right now. And then what I think the public perception is, he's the highest owned okay. quarter or sorry, the highest owned running back around the industry um, in terms of like, like his, his cost in terms of, you know, his projection. I think he's right behind David Montgomery over on DK for the week. So I'm looking at a guy like him and, and saying, I think the public's going to value him a little bit higher than what our projection is on him. So that's more than likely going to make him stay away. I would rather dip into this other grouping of running backs that we have David Montgomery. Um, he's going to be somebody that, is hard to really know how the public's going to be identifying, but on jock market, I, I say this a lot, but you want to like the players and invest in the players based on how other people are investing in the players. And it sounds exactly like DFS to a certain extent, but it is very, very different because we are able to pick and choose rather than, you know, you're forced to build certain lineups a, a certain way. You get to pick and choose where they're going to be fair valued at. So I would have this chart up. I would have these values 
pulled up next to it. And I would just be ready to pounce on the running backs that are going to be in that five, six, $7 tier that people just might not want to be as high on because they're already invested in them in DFS. So Taylor is too high or is Taylor on the high end of that five, six? I mean, technically he's well, yeah. over the $7, but he's, you know, we're splitting hairs. Are we not? Yeah, he's the most expensive running back, though. He's the most valued running back, and he should. He's the highest raw projected guy, and so we're we're taking into account a lot of factors in order to come to that fair value. Um, But that is just relative. His projection at 23.88, that's fantastic. You're not going to find a running back that's going to project that high here on the week. The next guy on the board is David Montgomery, 20.53. Just in terms of raw projection, his fair value, therefore, is just a little bit cheaper. But... David Montgomery, you know, obviously he's getting steamed up as we go, starting to get a lot of receiving volume, uh, dominating the backfield. Khalil Herbert, really not a thing. Damian Williams, really, really not a thing. So we're, we're trying to figure out like how other people might be factoring in how, uh, how expensive Jonathan Taylor should be. So I, I have a feeling he'll be like in that eight, $9 mark, which makes him a little bit of a stay away. If you want to just invest on his ceiling, go right ahead. He could totally finished with the most raw points here on the board. I don't think anybody's going to question that against this Vader's uh, this Raiders uh, defense that just has absolutely no answers for the running game of the likes of Jonathan Taylor. So uh, I think the one piece of news to really pay attention to, you talk about Carson Wentz. Uh, for me, it comes down to making sure that offensive line can be intact. Quentin Nelson gets back. Gigantic yep. piece. The best offensive lineman in the game. So uh, as long as he's there, give me Jonathan Taylor in DFS. But uh, just if he's going to be $10 on Jock Market, no thanks. Make sure you take advantage of this promo code that we have for you. Look, you're here hanging with us. Hit that thumbs up button. You can see proof in the pudding as our own Terry McBride letting us know about oh, yeah. nabbing 11 shares of Burks. Mm-hmm. Look at that payoff. Yeah, right there. we were on, a, we were on another site doing a, a different dealio yeah. on the... Uh, God, why do I say Delio so much? It's starting to be a word that I can't believe I'm saying. And Tyler, does anybody else yes. in your life use that term? I think my dad probably. My dad has all these Midwesternisms where he's like, um, yeah, the, yeah here's Delio the Delio is definitely a Midwesternism. Yeah, we You're put right. on the snowshoes. We go out to Sheboygan. We take a little walk around <laughs> the lake and we see how we do. Okay. Take the, lo- take the dogs out and then make sure you shovel for your mom. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of that. So, you know, the Delio, right? The dealio, Jesus, so dumb. But yes, uh, that was Terry McBride, as sharp as it gets. So prize, whatever. I don't want to finish it because we're on the jock market show. But yes, there was definitely yes. an opportunity to pounce on some of the news there. RJ Barrett, his <laughs> over of the points prop that worked out very nicely. Jock market, Evan Fournier, absolute smash. So well done by Terry. Look, there's one Glenn Smith dealio. All right. He's not putting that out there unless Glenn uses the term. So you have a friend. There's power Thanks, in numbers, Glenn. Eric. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> so who's the who's the third back then? Like the, the next pivot, right? Because Taylor is the one guy up there heavily. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get to him. You mentioned Montgomery. Clearly the next guy with value. Is it Austin Eckler? I mean, look, the Chargers come off humiliation. They look to be healthy. A lot of guys are coming back. Would stand to reason that a healthy Eckler out there can do some damage. We do have him projected pretty high as far as running backs are concerned. And on top of all that, Eric, he fits nicely in that 5 to $7 range you brought up. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense. There's, I, I think Terry also brings up another good point. I mean, we're talking about a PPR site here. I think getting to some of these receiving volume guys, these, these wide receivers that kind of sit here, uh, in addition to some of these running backs, like we're talking PPR. So I think that there's an opportunity for 
just some of these cheaper wide receivers based on news, based on function, based on everything to be able to kind of invest. Uh, a couple that I've kind of identified for the most part that you want to find in this mid-range, uh, just high upside guys like Tyler Lockett. I don't know what his, he's not, you know, somebody that is going to be cheap in DFS, but uh, I think he's going to go a little bit undervalued. He's definitely proven to be Russell Wilson's number one here over the course of this entire body of work, this entire season. And, you know, Seattle's completely out of it, but going up against Detroit, you have to be looking at investing against this putrid secondary and finding ways to get to some of these guys. He's somebody that I just don't think garners a lot of attention. And similar to DFS, I think people come over to jock market and they don't really translate you know, the, the ownership projection and, and having the correct assessment of these players when they're just at, at face value here. So right. like, there's no salary, there's no anything like that. You pay what you think they're worth. And, you know, people that's, that's inherently what they're doing here. I think Tyler Lockett really sticks out as a guy that, you know, is, has just had an immense target share every time he's been on the field here until last week, but that was his first week back in two weeks. He missed week 15 uh, on the COVID list. So I'm looking at him in a massive bounce back spot against Detroit, a number of other wide receivers that I just think really stick out a little bit more like Sony Michelle now has a fair value of 423. I doubt he's going to come in at 423. He's just getting steamed enough uh, in other places. So, you know, it's kind of just figuring out where you want to kind of uh, invest your money and not really be, you know, over investing in these players that are already popular in, in on other sites. Yeah, Metcalf dealing with a foot injury yes. this practice midweek. So another bullet in the chamber there for you on the Tyler Lockett train, by all means. All right, let's look at that same scenario. And I think you can look at two, maybe even three guys in this game from a Cincinnati standpoint, right? Because the Chiefs defense has been playing better on the surface. But when you look at their pass defense, it's not great. And they give up a lot of yards in the air. This is a shootout waiting to happen between the Chiefs and the Bengals. So I want to take your strategy and apply it to anybody I can get value from in this game. Clearly, there are going to be some bigger names on Kansas City, but Jamar Chase at $4.58 and T. Higgins just a little higher at $5.28 on our projected fair IPO value. Those guys seem like pretty good plays here based on the at least the belief, if you like the over 51, that I'm guessing you want to get to as many good ba uh, Bengals value as possible. Yeah, I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to the wind in that game. So it's got a chance of being over 15 miles per hour. And that's kind of the threshold that Alex Baker always talks about where you start to see it affect some of the receiving volume and you start to see it affect some of the passing game here. Uh, another piece of news here, I mean, CEH, I saw something come through right before we went live uh, regarding him and having the possibility of, of having him be limited here in practice. Once again, he didn't practice on Wednesday. So that's another guy to be paying attention to somebody like Daryl Williams could vault up the board just in his absence. So uh, somebody to pay attention to, obviously Byron Pringle came off of a yep. really good game as the wide receiver too, but you get Kelsey back into the mix there. And from the Bengal side, we just saw T Higgins, go completely nuclear with Boyd and Jamar Chase, not exactly scrubs themselves. So I understand that that's going to be a definite spot. You might want to invest, but coming off of really big games, I get worried that the public might overvalue them. I'm kind of looking elsewhere. Uh, I think this Dallas game is a sneaky source of, of finding, you know, even like you're talking Michael Gallup, you're talking, you know, depending on the Rondell Moore news, having Christian Kirk and these other pieces like Arizona, Dallas can guarantee you there's going to be a zero mile per hour wind in Dallas stadium. So um, 15 plus miles an hour here for Cincinnati, looking at Kansas city, it's an okay spot to kind of put your money, but we just want to be paying close, close attention to make sure it doesn't get above that 15, 20 mile an hour threshold. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not touching that. I think Arizona wins that game outright. And the only way they do that, Eric, is, well, look, they're seven and one against the spread on the road. For some reason, they hate playing at home, but it doesn't matter who they play on the road. I think Dallas set for the letdown. It's interesting because if you're right, then that is the key pivot away from where the public is going to salvate with that chiefs Bengals game because of all the data, the numbers, especially, especially recency bias. Now, look, personally, I'm locked in on the odd shopper betting show earlier with Rasa. So I don't want to be accused of any type of flip flop or hypocrite, et cetera. I have the Cardinals plus six. I have them plus two north of 200 on the money line. And my line of thinking was that they were going to limit that. I just don't see Arizona beating the Cowboys in a shootout. But I've been wrong so many times. I'm surprised I'm still invited back. Right? Stop it. You're 51 and a half totals. Though. All I'm saying is the Cardinals Dallas. You're, yeah, 51 and a you're half. on to something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I, you're I, right. Because, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're the analyst. Stop it. I'm just looking at, you know, the, the Vegas implied total, which is a very nice point of understanding where could you find some touchdown expectation? And if somebody is going to risk, like hit an absolute ceiling, that's definitely going to be a part of it. I will say because of the bonuses, because of the PPR DK like nature of the scoring over here on jock market, that you're definitely looking at uh, a number of paths to be able to get there for some of an upside, but I got to be expecting somebody out of CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, yeah. somebody in that regard, definitely going to stand out for me. Uh, Arizona side, Christian Kirk, you know, even going to like some of these really, really deep guys, but Zach Hertz specifically is somebody that I, I really like around the industry for this week. It's kind of a, a great point of leverage, been more of a tight end one than people realize here of late uh, in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm, I'm looking at that game specifically as like a spot where uh, later in the day, I'm not sure how people are going to be valuing them compared to this Kansas city Bengals game. But based off the, uh, like getting Kelsey and Hill and all the, the public perception and, and the ability that they have, no doubt about it. I'm sure they're high upside options, but I, I find it hard to believe people aren't already there. All right, let's keep it moving here. And again, if you're hanging with us, then make sure you're paying attention. Look, that promo code, it's right above Eric's head. Awesome. And we're going to match your first deposit up to $50. The stock market has officially met fantasy sports. That's from Forbes. All right, so you know everything that we're doing here is legit. We appreciate all you hanging in there. Uh, I know Philip is new to jock market. Terry is in the chat helping him through it. But look, if you have specific questions and stuff from jock market, like how to play to just shares, value, things that Eric and I are talking about that maybe is over your head because you're new to it, by all means, let us know in the chat. This is this show is for you out there. It's not just for Eric to just go through and test his own projections to try and win some money tonight or for Tyler to sit there and cherry pick off of Eric's projections. <laughs> it's oh, for you out there. He can do that. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. He's he's earned the right to pick off anything. He looks very enthused about it. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> Didn't move. Didn't move. Oh, I got a oh. thumbs up. He loves me. You love me, Tyler. Don't even lie. <laughs> I think that thumbs. Exactly. He was he was hitting you with the gladiator like, oh, mm. all right. <laughs> Here we go, man. Now we hit Joaquin. a couple of wide receiver value. Anybody lower in the quarterback spot you want to look at? You know, Tua taking on that Titans. I love the under there, so I'll stay away. Cousins against that Packers defense in a must win scenario. Here, I'm just looking at guys that are super low compared to where the uh, average quarterbacks are. Maybe you can find some value on guys that are going to be maybe slept on or just simply ignored. 
It's interesting. Like, I, I think that we don't necessarily have to go like as thin at that at, at quarterback, like Kirk Cousins. I've talked, I've brought it up a number of times where he's, you know, been a top five graded quarterback in PFF throughout the entire season. It's, it's kind of outrageous when you think about how bad the Vikings defense has been, but now he's fifth there um, in, in PFF's grading and, you know, he's fine. A lot of the quarterback distribution week to week is going to be very, very tight. You obviously have seen some outlier performances from the likes of, um, you know, Tyler Huntley two weeks ago, Joe Burrow last week, where they really separate themselves and have that opportunity. Josh Allen would have been a smash had you not had Joe Burrow on that slate in a lot of ways. Right. But, you know, on Jock Market specifically, I know there's a lot of sharp people who originally were just investing in a bunch of quarterbacks and realizing that they would all kind of fall into that middle range. You know, they're very rarely going to end up as the highest score of a slate, you know, the no, like the the number one $25 option, unless they have some like mobility ability to add like the hundred yard bonus on the ground to be able to really spike a massive touchdown performance. But you're normally going to see like a guy like T Higgins and, you know, some of these running backs, Jonathan Taylor, there's always going to be like a 35, 40 point burger somewhere in store, but you could probably go into that middle uh, range of quarterback, but seems like they're going a little bit overvalued. I really like Terry's strategy that he was talking about getting down into this middle tier on these main slates, finding some, ancillary options at the wide receiver because they're just okay. undervalued and they can spike some massive upside. They can have that ability to catch nine balls for 80 yards and really, really vault you up the board. Somebody like Hunter Renfro, $4 and 12 cents looking at him. You know, obviously I talked about Indianapolis. I do worry that Jonathan Taylor might be able to just slow this game down in eternal amount, but he could also bust off some 60 yarders Vegas, you know, only a 19 implied total here in this game, but Hunter Renfro has just proven to be a dude out there like he just really has and uh coming off of two pretty flat games against denver and cleveland i do expect that volume to just return to 10 plus targets they've got to make him the focal point here and you know now that waller's on the COVID list after being out for however many weeks uh there's zero chance that he's playing in this game on sunday and that makes uh makes him somebody just gets peppered with targets in a neutral game script really really appealing so I'm going to now make it work a little bit deeper from a secondary guy to possibly a tertiary guy, even though on the okay. roster slash depth chart, they're technically secondary guys. All right. And that's okay. enough airy words. We'll keep it. Simple Love it. Here. That was lofty-ish but, of you. Yeah, I know. And, and I don't want to go down that road because I'll be pulling like <laughs> seven syllable words from an encyclopedia that I don't know. He does. He, he knows the definitions of these words, at least. But Let's look at a scenario that I think actually plays to what you're pointing. It's not like the Eagles pass defense is atrocious, but you can throw on Philadelphia if you're throwing to your uh, like to your non one. Darius Slay right. has done a fantastic job from what I'm hearing this week. They're going to try and move Slay around wherever McLaurin is on the field and really try to take him out. That leaves Humphreys like that leaves some people open and I'm not big on Maddox, Nelson, or really anybody else that the Eagles have in their secondary to really slow or lock anybody down. Heineke is back. Maybe there's a pathway to somebody other than McLaurin in this game for Washington. That's really tough for me to get to. And part of it is simply because they are going to try to establish the run. I, I would assume that that's going to be the path that they take. Um, also not having McKissick there, that definitely is a dock to the passing game. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I mean, he's really the, the focal point of what I would want to do from the Washington side whatsoever. I will say nearly a 21 total for them is a little bit higher than you would ex expect in this spot against Philadelphia. But again, Philadelphia, if you go to our advanced stats page and you look at 
what their game script adjusted rush percentage is. They have the third highest projected next game uh, adjusted rush percentage. We are looking at them truly just trying to establish the run, slow this game down. I don't know if Washington can play enough plays to really make another receiver other than Terry McLaurin viable here in this spot. I would much rather target some of these game environments like Obviously, Kansas City, we have Byron Pringle as a wide receiver, too. You could be going that direction. You could be going to, you know, if you, God forbid you wanted to try to make uh, Rashad Perryman a thing here from Tampa Bay. But I think I would rather go that direction than than an Adam Humphreys or, um, you know, who else would I even be looking at? Probably like a DeAndre Carter. Uh, those would two be, are the only options you have. Yeah, those would be the Washington guys. Right. I'm, I'm looking at probably going elsewhere. I will say if we're going to talk about like a second receiving option and Again, it's going to be very, very thin talking about it, but at least they're in a in a game that they should just be shellacking somebody. And Brandon Ayuk has not been good here the last couple of weeks. And he's he had the one Cincinnati game where he had that touchdown in the corner. But coming off of that, the last two weeks, uh, 14 and 4.6 points over on Jock Market, that's nothing to really go gung-ho about. But he's at least in an explosive offense. You know, having Trey Lance out there more than likely, I mean, that's that's going to be the guy here. And I just think it opens up the field to other possibilities more so like Brent, uh, Debo Samuel. He just had to explode in that week. Was it week four against Seattle? 38.7. Yeah. And that was with Trey Lance there at quarterback. I just think Brandon Ayuk, we don't really know what that chemistry is. We don't really know what that situation is going to look like. Eli Mitchell um, is somebody that's now questionable. He's projected to return right now in our projections. So I will say there's a lot of opportunities open there. At least, though, they have that 28-29 total, and, and that makes somebody like Brandon Ayuk, who should come in with legitimately very, very low value, uh, somebody that I'm really kind of targeting for jock market purposes. All right, I'll leave you with this here, and I'll go back to that Eagles game because I'm getting word earlier today. I don't think Jordan Howard is going to play. Miles no. Sanders has a broken hand, and Kenny Gainwell has is limited. I believe it's a hamstring or ankle, mm-hmm. pardon me. So he's been limited. There's only one healthy running back on this team right now. And Nick Sirianni, the head coach, does not mind feeding him the pill out there. And that's Boston Scott. You can throw to him yeah. as well. Just I know he's like a great punt DFS option, et cetera. But keep in mind, to your point about how much the Eagles are going to run, they're not going to run Hurts 35 times on Sunday against Washington. Yeah, I, I think that that's a great call. You can do this also in some really terrible game environments or some teams <laughs> with really terrible spots. Daria Goombawale, do I dare invest in a Jacksonville running back? At least hey, we saw 17 touches the here. They're 15, they're 15 point dogs here against New England, but I just don't see Nathan Cottrell, Ryquel Armstead being the other guys. I, I'm assuming Armstead's going to be activated for Sunday, but. You know, I, I don't love a Wale, but in the past, like we've just kind of always thought of him as somebody that's mixed in uh, here and there for carries. Well, he had 17 carries once James Robinson got knocked up in that first uh, that first quarter. So I'm looking at a Wale as somebody that is similar to that kind of capacity where who else could it possibly be in that backfield? I don't see many routes there. Of course, they're going to call up another guy and I'm sure he's going to mix in a little bit more than we saw there. But New England, uh, not necessarily super success- susceptible on the ground to to getting some massive performances there, but I'm willing to try to invest in some of these guys who uh, clear cut 60, 70 percent of snaps, regardless of what that game or regardless of what their game environment is going to be. So Boston Scott, don't mind that whatsoever. At Eric Linquist at Shander Show. Thanks to Tyler for producing. Thanks to you out there. Thanks for Terry. 
hanging with us, doing his best here to educate the chat as Eric does as well. Look, that promo code one more time for Philip and everybody else out there new to jock market. Why not get free money? We're going to match your first deposit up to that's money. That's money you can use right away. All right, brother. Have a happy, healthy new year. If I don't see you then you as well, my friend. Thanks to everybody else out there. Take care. Happy new year.